welcome back to another episode of In Jessica's Corner, where I'm your host, Jessica, serving up honesty, transparency, and an open invitation to keep it real, raw, and uncut. While a marketer by profession, I understand the need of genuine interaction. So as I would position your brand for greatness, it's my goal that this podcast positions my listeners to soar beyond the limitations placed on their lives, honestly take a look in the mirror of self-reflection, and journey through the process of redevelopment as I continue to do the same. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoy. So today's episode is entitled, Expectations from Where? From Where, sis? I am definitely trying to wrap my head around why we live in a world with such wild expectations from people. Um, And when I say wild, I mean that in the sense of it being completely unrealistic, Um, it prohibiting people from being able to keep it real with themselves or other people and just placing this unnecessary pressure on our lives just to be great, look great, do great. And so I want to have that conversation with you guys because I think I think it's a conversation that needs to be had. Like, why do we why do we have such crazy expectations for people? Why do we have such crazy expectations for ourselves? And, you know, as African-Americans, there are a lot of different expectations that we have because of what we either were taught or the lack thereof the conversation. So I I want to start with one that I know is pretty relevant right now. And I think the manner in which we deal and cope with things is a clear depiction of why we need to work on it a little bit more. So the first thing is going to be mental health issues are to be avoided. I'm trying to understand, and yeah, we're going to write into this because I I feel like I didn't even need to set this up and have some major introduction. I want to get straight into the discussion today. I'm trying to understand why, in the African-American culture specifically, why are we so afraid to have a conversation about being stressed or being depressed or having too much on your plate or being overwhelmed? or being anxious, or admitting that we can't deal with the cards that life has dealt us right now. Unfortunately, I have observed it myself where people need help and don't get it, and you just see them losing it and falling apart. And if someone wasn't smart enough or aware enough, I should say, maybe smart isn't the word. If someone around them in their community wasn't aware enough to call that behavior out, to call that thing a thing, or to really be clear about, hey, it looks like you need some help. Hey, I just want to be here for you. You know, it's a lot of people like from a social media standpoint, they say all the time, the day that they plan to kill themselves, somebody might have reached out to them on social media or somebody called them. And we have no idea how much power we have in saving someone's life when they're at their breaking point. But I think it's even more powerful when we are able to call out our issues for ourselves. And I know sometimes when you're in that issue, you are blinded and you can't really give it the attention that it needs. 
Now we can look at this a different way too. You might already be completely aware of what your struggle is, but your concern at this point may very well be that you don't want to face it because you don't want to be labeled as crazy. You don't want to be labeled as someone that actually has to get on an antidepressant. You don't want to be someone who actually has to allow someone professional to help you figure out your life. You feel like you should be capable of doing that yourself. Beyond that, I know that a lot of the avoidance of mental health as a problem has a lot to do with the lack of education. Um, I just recently had a conversation with someone a couple weeks ago where I explained to them that as a child, I grew up with other children and or adults around me that had mental issues. And that's either anywhere on the spectrum. So like maybe they have attention deficit or maybe, um, I mean, you know, like when you get older, dementia is definitely a mental, uh, situation, or you're talking about people who just may have been abused. And so their abuse has resulted in drastic, um, mental, drastic mental, what is damage, damage. That's the word I'm looking for. And so, I grew up around children and adults that had issues. Like, you know, I feel like in the black community, you know, we say things like, oh, they're a little slow or they're a little off or whatever like that. And I think like as a child, it's very easy to condition them to just say, oh, they're just a little different and we can move on to something else and not really give it the attention that it deserves. And I guess now as an adult, but what does that really mean? And then I understand that we still have to treat them the same and I understand that we still have to embrace them. But I feel like for me, it put me in a position where I needed to be able to defend them if someone didn't respect them enough or honor them enough or just do right by them. You know what I mean? And so I guess like now I feel like people had those kinds of conversations with me and what it taught me to do is just say, oh, they just a little off or whatever else, denounce their behavior as a problem and move along. And so here's the other issue with that. Sometimes we can see that people might need help mentally and we don't necessarily guide them in the right direction or guide them to the resources or seek out the resources for them when we know that they can't. Like I remember in college one time, this guy from Charleston specifically, he had like a mental breakdown at school. And I want to say it was like one of those we're about to go on a break kind of situations. It was very scary because... In general, he was, you know, he was a pretty talkative guy, but in general, he was pretty normal as far as I was concerned. And like that day, he just turned into like a wild animal. And I think that's the best way that I can describe it. And so, you know, we went on the break, we came back. Quite naturally, everyone's completely uncomfortable because of course someone probably got it on social media or at least conversation to conversation because I don't remember what social media was out by then. But then... We were a little afraid of him. And so it kind of put us in a situation where, oh, no, I'm about to speak to him. He ain't about to blow me up. He come back here with a gun, rah, rah, rah. And so, you know, we kind of laugh those kinds of things off. But there's some, like, negative undertones to that that creates a problem. I understand that we probably should be alarmed by his behavior because he had a breakdown. But to watch somebody go through that, and go through that at that point, it lets me know that one, they weren't able to manage what they had going on. Two, they didn't know how to cope through, cope with it or work through whatever those issues are. And three, maybe they didn't have the resources to get the kind of assistance that they needed. And so as a community, we have to educate ourselves a little bit more so we can help ourselves, number one. 
Because I don't even know if maybe he realized that that's a problem. You know, sometimes, and, and we can use the pandemic as a prime example, everything can be going right for you, but you can still be depressed. You can still feel like things aren't going right for you because that limitation of just being able to have some level of normalcy, like that mom that enjoyed dropping the kids off school, going to work, work was like her escape from the house. And then maybe her husband isn't working at home. So he's working in the office. Maybe their daycare isn't open or maybe she doesn't even feel comfortable sending them back to a daycare. And now she has to manage the entire household and still try to be a wife and a mama and everything else while she's a marketing specialist during the day. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of balance. It's a lot to juggle. It's a lot to really wrap your head around. And then you, we start to look at social injustices around the world. And that's another layer. And then you just start to realize that some some relationships aren't necessarily making it through this on it. I don't know. We can just go for days and days when it comes to mental health because then it it pushes me to my next thought, which is black men shouldn't cry. Black women, black, black women should be strong. Um, black men have to be the backbone of this family. Okay, so I'll start with black women have to be strong. Unfortunately, there are a lot of black women that have had to be single mothers. They have, they've had to be mom and dad for their kids, maybe other kids as an aunt, as a friend, as someone in the neighborhood, as just someone that's a part of their community, they've had to take on that responsibility. And the one thing that they've shown me is that we are resilient black women and that we do have the power to fight through anything. Like we will prevail. However, we come out with so many scars and bruises. We're torn and tattered. And we expect to still be strong all the time. Black women, we deserve to break sometimes too. It's okay. And then I look at it from the flip side. Well, when I say that I can't eliminate black men from that conversation, if something is too much, say it. I know you're supposed to be the man of the house, but you really have to understand that like what you can't handle, your significant other or whomever your support system would be, they are there to hold you up when you're down and and the idea is that in your relationship you can do the same for them and then sometimes if you're both down together you have to push through that thing together to lift each other up it's not always going to be peaches and cream and i mean we know for black men there are so many different odds against you every day of your life simply getting in your car and leaving your house is the largest threat of your life every day um, so with that in mind, you know, I get it. I, I understand that you want to be great. I understand that unfortunately, like opportunities for you are limited because America doesn't appreciate your presence. They don't appreciate your power. They, they don't appreciate your potential. However, I just want you to know that I do. And I want you to know that it's to be valued in the manner in which you demand that kind of value is the way that you present yourselves. Like be honest with yourself. You can only make you happy. You can't define your happiness with what you have, what you've achieved, and your ability to take every punch flat-footed without moving or without being shaken. Like, that's not what it is. I promise 
that it's okay for you to cry. I promise that it's okay for you to not have it figured out. I promise that it's okay for you as a black man to need help. It's okay. And you'd be surprised how much assistance and how much support you'd get if you would just be open and willing to it and not let your not not allow your pride to get in the way of what could be your next blessing. So another thing. Um be confident but not conceited. Social media has definitely heightened this one for me. I think depending on your perception of a person, you'll choose which one it is. Um, I don't really think that we can say or we can define what confident versus what conceited is because conceited it tolls a thin line with self-love and self-awareness. You can't appreciate yourself if you don't have like an ounce of the ability to be conceited. Now, for me, I'm definitely a confident person. I honestly wouldn't categorize myself as conceited, but I feel like if you get dressed up and you real cute and you you know you about to slay, oh, I'm the baddest one here. And no, ain't nobody else going to tell me that. You know what I mean? And so... I feel like if you continue to scream those kinds of phrases, then people will put you in the box of conceited. But if you just be like, oh, I'm a baddie tonight, like you you put parameters around it. Um, But for me, like I will say all the time, if a bitch try me, oh, I didn't mean to say that. If if a female tries me, um, let's be real clear about a few things. Cute, like when I'm at my best, or when I'm at my worst, I can take your man. Be very clear. And I think like sometimes when someone says something like that, you're like, oh, she thinks she all that. Oh, she thinks she does. Oh, she thinks she that. Well, you know, to a certain degree, we have to think all those things about ourselves in order to be great, in order in order to really position ourselves as the best option. It's almost like when you go on a job interview, right? You have to be overly confident about what you can do because here's the thing. You have to present it with that certain level of confidence because if you don't, why would they be convinced that you're even comfortable doing whatever they're interviewing you for? So it's always a thin line and I guess it just, it's one of those things where, where confidence and it's, it's pretty much the crossroads of like being conceited and being very much so aware of who you are and what you're capable of. It's the crossroads of that. It's a thin line. It's very hard to wrap your head around. Um, I'll take it further than that. A lady should be seen and not heard. Well, why shouldn't, be, why shouldn't we be heard? Because we have a voice. And I feel like if we weren't supposed to be heard, then guess what? We'd be mute. None of us would be able to talk. We have a voice. We all have a community. Depending on how you approach your life. We all have a platform. If you have a social media account, you have a platform and we all have a responsibility to really stand up for what's right and what's just and what's proper for the people around us. And beyond that, sometimes our voice is the one that could change the world, but sometimes our voice is the thing that could really influence, inspire, uplift, motivate, encourage the people around us that 
we communicate with all the time, that we have strong connections and soul ties with, those are the people that we have the potential to change their life by simply just opening our mouths. And so I don't understand why as a woman, I must be quiet when I can be pouring life into the people around me and making them so much better than they already are. And for them to be able to do the same for me, why, why be silent? Now, here's a big one that um, I'm noticing is happening right now. Um, and I can say that at some point, I think I've even been a victim of it, but I think the pandemic has pretty much altered my view of that. Um, why is there this expectation to be super busy or be considered lazy? So for me, um, when I started working at Honeywell, um, it was definitely a job that required me to be busy all day at work um, at first. And then, you know, then I would have slow time, but then it'd be like, you know, meeting after meeting, um, call after call, whatever, task after task, all day to the very last second until I'm running out the door, knowing that I still have some stuff that needs to be done. Maybe I have to do when I get home or just push it off to the next day or even like work trips and being super busy to the point where I'm waking up on the west coast on east coast time so i can get work done so then i can go do what i actually came to the west coast to do and then all the other stuff and then even now with the pandemic i felt like being busy was the thing that was going to help me cope through this pandemic i quickly realized that this idea of just being busy all the time was burnout by Tuesday afternoon, I was completely over the week because I had pushed myself so hard from Sunday to Tuesday to be great. And don't get me wrong, like I know we can't control a certain level of busy when it comes to our job unless you're an entrepreneur. But even with entrepreneurs, I feel like, oh yeah, I got 10 meetings today. Now that's unrealistic. And so I think it it starts to encourage people to assume that because I have all this stuff going on, I'm productive. Busy doesn't equal productive because half of what you're doing could be counterproductive. Half of it could just be a a task to say I did something. Half of it could be you starting something and stopping again. I just think there has to be a balance. And I feel like the pandemic slowed us down intentionally. For whatever reason, we need to be like clear about all the things that we do. Unfortunately, I was definitely one of those people that like, I'm on my way to work. It's like a, a quick boom, boom, boom. I got stuff to do. I got stuff to do. So I'm on my way to work. I'm going to work super early so that I can get off work at a certain time and actually get home at a certain time so I can go to the gym at a certain time. If I need to cook before the gym so I can cook at a certain time and then going to the gym at a certain time and then being able to come home and take a shower so then I can have some time for my husband before he goes to bed and then going to bed at a certain time to then wake up and do it all over again and then having a schedule on the weekend and making sure that I do X, Y, and Z so I don't have to do it during the week and just constantly chasing the next thing that I need to do. But that kind of busy is hectic. It's not peaceful all the time. And sometimes you just want to break. Sometimes you just want things to slow down. So I hope that like that little tidbit encouraged someone listening to avoid the influence of social media that makes you feel like you're not doing enough because people are doing so much. 
Um, you know, and if you're clear about what you're supposed to do, seek God for that, you know, pray about it, ask him for direction and he'll guide your path as always to really get you clear about what it is that you need to do. And maybe being super busy isn't what you need to do. Maybe it's just a matter of like, you just need some free time to clean some stuff, organize some stuff, get some stuff together, or start working on something that's probably coming in the future or really write down what are your goals and really look at a five-year plan, 10-year plan. What does the future look like for you? What are some things that you want out of the future? It's just so much more that you can do than just aspire to be busy. That's all. Here's here's a big one for me. Speaking of social media. Cash out or be called broke or put on a show versus keeping it real. And so I'll combine those two because I feel like sometimes when people take trips, and this is like when we notice it the most. Sometimes when people take trips, they get caught up in going to do all the glitzy, glamorous things in that city, in that country, or just the things the things that you get to do, like the things that look expensive, the restaurants that look expensive, the drinks, doing this and doing that. And so, you know, of course, when you're traveling, you do want to be able to do the things that you normally would not do on a day-to-day basis. But I feel like social media and society as a whole has definitely influenced the ideation that we must do everything grand. Sometimes this just needs to be a quick trip that's a deal. Like no shade, no tea. I have gone on several trips where I had a coupon for almost everything we did, me and OC, so that, you know, we can go to the club and I can say, hey, drinks on me. And so if the drink's $60, $70, we don't care, or $100 or whatever it is, like, so you you still get the same experience. It's just at a discount. And so I am all about a deal. I am all about a discount. I am all about a sale. And I am always all about saving a coin, like, I'll give y'all a prime example. Um, when we went on our trip to New Orleans, we had um, lower level seats. I'm not going to call them floor seats, but they're kind of like on like some like, I don't know. I don't know what you would call it. They're not like the normal seats that are like built into the floor. It's obviously like the the seats that they can move, if you will. Um, So maybe like floor seats was like, three rows in front of us just to give you an idea i got those tickets off a groupon and they were cheap and i'm not mad about it and i don't have a problem telling nobody and so if y'all want some tips on how to have a bomb ass trip on a budget hit me up but yeah i just i guess for me um and i'm also one of those people like i don't have to do if they're like 10 things you must do in New Orleans, let's just use that for the sake of this conversation since I already said that. I'm not going to do all 10. I'm probably going to choose about four or five and then I want to explore. So I think sometimes, and, and that's my point, like I think sometimes you have to look like you've you've done so much when you go somewhere because you have to put on a show. When in actuality, you know, this is a trip for us to enjoy ourselves. We don't have to be out here acting like each and everything that we could possibly do, we must do it so that we can look so grand to y'all. For what? It's not about you. It was never about you. It was always about me enjoying my trip. You had nothing to do with it. So why do I care about proving anything to you? Whether I'm broke or not, whether I'm cashing out or not, did I have a great time? Yes. That's all that matters. Okay.
moving along this whole moving silence thing so i want to clarify that i respect the idea of moving in silence um because i do agree that sometimes people are out to get you they will stand in your way of being able to do that great thing but newsflash God has control over all of that. And so even if you speak it into the atmosphere and you make people aware of it, if it's ordained by God, it will happen. Now, I know personally, like, I just think it's a matter of discretion. I don't think that it's a move in silence thing because I do feel like, you know, you have your community, you have your circle, and they are the people that will support you through pretty much everything. I mean, I feel like even if you have some people in your circle that you might you might feel they're not as supportive as they could be, you know, you could just kind of shrug your shoulders, keep them out the conversation, like keep them out of the loop of that. But just in general, you can move in silence all you want. And guess what? Moving in silence doesn't equate to success. And I think that's where I'm getting. I think the expectation here is that if you move in silence, things will work out in your favor. That's not always the case because sometimes it's not to work in your favor. That's not how God would have it happen. And so I feel like for me, like there've been plenty of times that like I'll use like in the past, like moving to Charlotte and looking for a job has probably been one of the most stressful things that I've experienced like in 2012 and 2016 and 2015, 2014. Like when I first moved here, I feel like I looked for a job consistently for a long time. And one of those jobs, I stayed on that job for two years before I ever got another job. And I was looking for a job and interviewing that whole time, y'all. What I had to realize is that I can move in silence all I want. I wasn't telling them people about my interviews. I was telling them I had doctor's appointments or I needed to run to an office to handle some stuff or I would just like request time off or come in late or stay late or try to do it on my lunch break and then add some padding like let them know hey I need to go run and do an errand that I can't do after you know anything that I could do to keep it a secret from them. And it still didn't happen until God was ready for it. So I just hope that like this little tidbit of information, please understand that you can move in silence all you want. You can be completely quiet about it. You can keep it to yourself. But if it's not ordained by God, it won't happen. So the expectation that moving in silence equates to success is completely incorrect. Moving along. (sighs) This is a big one for me. Hmm. You will be happy when dot, dot, dot. I remember, like I just said about that job search, I remember for a long time saying, when I get this new job, I'm going to be so happy. When I start making this amount of money, I'm going to be so happy. And don't get me wrong, like definitely there was like a certain level of achievement. But to be honest with you, it wasn't until working at Honeywell that I realized that It was never about getting a job. It was never about the money, which the money was great at Honeywell. That wasn't the issue. I guess for me, it was, it's when you feel fulfilled. So when you get something or when you achieve something, that's not necessarily how you should define your happiness because you can't put your happiness in things, if that makes sense. 
Um, you have to put your happiness in just being fulfilled, whatever that means. And so for some people, fulfillment has a lot to do with like being happy, feeling productive, feeling whole, feeling like a major contributor. Um, just what you can provide, what you can provide or what you can contribute or just feeling that you've made an impact, um, that your favor has been, or the, the impact of favor that rests on you has been transferred to other people. You've been able to influence and motivate and inspire. You've been able to have a positive impact on people and you've just been able to see that the power and presence of who you are has done something great for someone else. I think that to me is where you can find happiness. Um, now the, the flip side of that is when you're at a point when you don't feel any of those things, I guess you have to understand that from God's perspective, that, that is like you have achieved that, or if you haven't, and you're clear about not achieving those things, then it's a matter of understand that you have to be uncomfortable right now you have to be complacent in where you are in order for God to transition you or propel you forward and upward. Um, it's a tricky slope in life. You won't have everything as clear as day. It won't always be happy. It won't always be sunshine and sunflowers. And I think that is one of those lessons that I learned. I struggled with that for a long time because I felt like people around me were getting like career positions or they were making more money or they were moving this place and they, they got a new car and they got this and they got that. And then the same thing that I experienced after like, you know, I did get a new job after looking for two years. It was the same thing. Like I just got a job and you got to be clear. You got to really understand like, so this is the segue. I don't, I don't proclaim to be a preacher an evangelist or any of that. But I do want to drop this gem in relation to prayer. If you are a believer, the one thing that I learned in the last like two years is that prayer in itself is great. But strategic and specific prayer is phenomenal. It's not until you decide to really call out what you want to God to be very clear about what you need from him and to lean and depend on him to really answer your prayer in a manner that falls in, in line with the favor that he, or that falls in line with the path that he has already defined for your life. You know, the hardest prayer that I've had to pray is one that says, Lord, I really feel like this is my blessing. But if it if it's not in my favor, don't allow it to happen. Do you know how difficult it is to tell God, "Hey, I want this." And I feel like this is it for me. But if it's not God, don't even give it to me. Because here's the thing. I've, I've accepted things. Well, I've prayed for jobs and got them. But I never prayed that the job would fall into the favor that God has already placed on my life. 
that this job would be a plan because you know sometimes God will give us things that we don't want now on the flip side of that I also have to look at it like if I'm supposed to have it I'll get it whether that's a job a house a car a business venture some new shoes a purse if you're into real estate and you're just trying to like you know a business parkway if you want an office or if this podcast isn't what he would allow me to do or a YouTube channel or whatever it is that you're asking God for. You know, if it's not in your will, God, then I ask that it not be done. That it's a tough pill to swallow because you have to understand that if it's not in his will, it won't work. So you'll get there and you'll be unhappy. Now, I understand that God takes us through tests. And so sometimes we have to be in those difficult circumstances. We have to be uncomfortable in order for him to get the glory in the end. But a prayer as strategic and specific as that one will really bless your spirit. Okay, I'm done. I'm done with that. I ain't going to harp on that too long. So this last one is one that I struggle with a lot. Defense equals aggression. I am a defensive person. I always err on the side of defending my perspective and my argument in the conversation. I struggle with, excuse my computer, because of course I didn't cut the stupid computer off before I started recording this. But anyway, um, I struggle with being able to have transparent conversations without getting passionate and defending my position and insult always being interpreted as angry or aggressive. And why are you? And so I want to say to all the people out there, and I got real close to the mic, all the people out there who's always tripping because Jessica, you are like, um, what's the word? Disagreeable. Or you always on the defense, like relax. I am always going to be on the defense because I'm always going to defend my position. Um, I get really passionate about things and I pour so much energy into it. And then sometimes it's just kind of like one of those, I feel, if I feel strongly about something, you will know. Um, and, and sometimes I'm defensive without really giving it the effort to be defensive. So I can apologize for that. But I just want everybody to understand that like, being defensive is just about protecting and projecting your opinion more than it is about just being angry with you and wanting to fight you. I'm done with that. Nonetheless, this episode was one where we could really talk about these expectations, why we have them, why they're absurd, why we need to denounce them, why they have no place here on earth, and how we can combat these ridiculous expectations and allow ourselves to live a little bit more freely and do things without really thinking about other people. And it's a whole nother conversation when we start talking about caring and giving what people think so much power in our lives we have to get to a point where we care about what we do because we want to present ourselves as a certain kind of person with a certain kind of aura and just a certain kind of disposition about ourselves we can't care about what other people think I want to be viewed as honest and transparent because that is something that I honor and value. I want to be viewed as someone who doesn't take any shit from anyone because I want people to keep it real with me. I want to be 
seen as someone that is genuine, someone that will give effort to make you great. Because again, those are the things that I want to turn. So the things that I value, the things that I honor and the things that I respect are what I choose to project regardless of what anyone thinks. So I hope that these crazy expectations of other people that they try to impose on you, I hope that you have decided to ignore them stupid ass expectations and set some expectations of your own for you. Define what you want to expect from you and then make sure that you are able to project and present those expectations wholeheartedly so that people can begin to observe why they should reciprocate whatever you've requested of them. Um, This has definitely been like, I wrote these notes, but I didn't think this conversation was going to go this way. This was definitely a great conversation for me. I hope that it has definitely opened your eyes and influenced and inspired you the same way that it did me today. As always, please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Hit me in the DMs, comment on the post. Let me know what you think. Oh yeah, please make sure to leave five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts or Anchor or any other podcast hosting site that you might listen to this episode. Thank y'all so much for rocking with me all this time. And of course, please be sure to tune in for the next episode. Bye y'all.